when the only thing your league was missing was robot farts. It's That's So MLS. <laughs> With myself, Andrew oh, Bates, man. and Nick Thornton. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Oh, well, I'm better now. I'm good, the, man. I'm ready. I'm is, ready. I listened to that new, the, the old MLS theme. The, the season is this weekend. And out with the old MLS theme, the the old trusty reliable, and now we have a, a movie trailer that will make every game feel um, like Jason Bourne is about to jump out of the stands. Yeah, it's. I haven't actually sat down and had like a good listen to the entire thing. I just quickly listened to a clip on Twitter, and I mean it's Hen Zimmer. Like you, you really, you're not gonna mess that one up. But the tone is a little. You're like, mm, okay. So, I mean, it's a great tune for like the pending apocalyptic dust storms for an MLS match. I'm not so sure, but hey. What do I know? It's a good, almost like it's a good, um, like video package song. I would have to hear it in a stadium before I like, like maybe, maybe when I hear it in a stadium and I see teams, you know, what the cues are in terms of when teams are going to enter the pitch with it. I'll, I'll, I'll like it more. Like I know as MLS commentators, it's our prerogative to just like dump on everything and, and not appreciate anything at all so i don't want to like rip into it too much because just because it's a new thing um but it, it is a little like i just don't think hans zimmer's ever watched a football game <laughs> judging by this theme like i'm not sure my only concern is does he know what's gonna happen when players take to the field because judging by the soundtrack i'm not sure that he actually understands the sport that he composed for however it's fine. It's a good tune. Not really a banger, but yeah, sure. I don't really think... I. The, the thing is, is, I feel like it's almost too focused with being... Um, like, being quote-unquote interesting to be memorable. Like, like the, the, in too... Too in interesting to be memorable is actually my uh, memoir I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 they try to make it too complex. Like, not that anybody sings the, sings the MLS anthem or does songs to the MLS anthem but it's like soccer to a certain degree the old song was reliable it wasn't great I'm not going to stand out and stand out here and say it was the best song but it but it was like it couldn't have been any like more expensive to just like license seven nation army for a few years no <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see I just think that like that that's the number one thing I see is that whenever I'm trying to figure out what this song is, I'd be like, ah, yes, this is the part of the song I'm going to remember. It's tweaked slightly on its repetition. Yeah. So like no part, no part like sticks around enough. You have to watch the video three or four times to like understand what it is you're listening to. Except for lots of drums. Should have been Lizzo. The... That's all I can say. Da 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 da. Um... But I'm 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 excited. I honestly, even though I'd say that I watched more European soccer this off season than I did last off season, I'm just so excited. I watched Cruz Azul versus Portmore <laughs> from 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 the from 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 a neutral ground in, in Jamaica because I 
just was so excited for North American soccer to be back. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm ready. And part of the reason is there's just been so many acquisitions. I like I don't know who half of the players are anymore. Uh, so I'm I'm eager just to like first of all like learn some names but actually, you know, put some personalities and some faces to all the new names that have come in. Have you got to um see any of the um the preseason? Um, so I've watched a number of preseason games or clips of games, obviously skewed a little bit more towards the Whitecaps than other teams. But of course, as we've been playing other MLS teams, I've been able to see uh, little bits of New England, um, Portland Timbers, of course. Uh, I, I did see a little bit of Seattle. Um, and that that was really kind of about the, the sum total of it. So... I don't feel like I got a good sense of where teams are at beyond getting a bit of a look at the the Whitecaps. I didn't get to see any of the preseason games because as I have whined about on multiple occasions... You can't see them. I can't! I don't live in an MLS market and they've decided to block all preseason streams to the regional area that the team is located in. So you can only watch Whitecaps games in... British Columbia and whatever the home state of the visitor is, um, which sucks because I I've heard people none of the teams seem to love it. Um, Sporting Kansas City wants to. I saw tweets where they were saying we're going to try and get them to expand the area. Um, I sent an email to MLS, didn't hear back what the MLS guidelines are that that um, mandated it. Although I've heard people say broadcast rules. Is why that is. Um, the crazy thing to me about like blackout areas and things like that is like if th- there's clearly demand for it, and if you're trying to market your product and expand your product, but people cannot consume said product. I mean, preseason is such an undertapped resource for people, especially considering how many years now in a row have we had expansion sides that they've just completely missed extra marketing that they could have done to out of market markets. Yes. But, hey, you know what? It's fine. It's coming. We got three more days. It'll all be okay. It's our whole deal, right? Like, you know, looking at the league on the whole as opposed to, like, protagonist coverage. And then here the league is saying, you can only watch your own local side. That's all you're able to support. Um, the I did get to see um, a bunch of CONCACAF Champions League games. Um, the As noted... Portmore versus Cruz Azul was actually kind of fun because the Jamaican side uh, went up 2 nothing early and then conceded twice <laughs> um, to uh, to to come out from behind on, or to or I think it might have been three times actually um, they they looked like they were going to get they scored their first ever goals in the competition and they looked like they were going to get a win um, but it was unfortunately not to be um, the MLS sides all had sort of varying amounts of success. That the the two uh, the two goals up. Um, oh yeah, I'm just now I was I was just now looking up, but I I didn't see the result of the first one. But I saw that the the reverse leg happened of Cruz's old Portmore, and they lit them up for four nothing at home. So that dream that dream uh, did not continue too long. Um, however. Um, you, that idea of going up early and then uh, sleeting back, 
uh, uh, sorry, uh, sliding back, um, also took place with um, Montreal, who played uh, Deportivo Saprissa in uh, Costa Rica. They went up two nothing. They went back to nothing. They're currently at halftime zero zero. Um, I think that that's like a fine first effort. You had um, LA FC apparently waited until their game with Leon to like really put their their first eleven on the field together, and it showed. And they lost two nothing. Um, Atlanta. Drew a one-one away in in Honduras and then beefed him three nothing tonight in front of eight thousand fans at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, the uh, NYFC NYCFC had a, a strange game where they um scored Eber scored a hat trick which left them at 4-1. And then um, uh, San Carlos, also a Costa Rican team, came back to be five, uh, sorry, 4-3, and they had to score one more to make it go. So so away they had a 5-3 roller coaster, um, but they saw it at one nothing at home, so they will advance. Um, in Seattle, uh, also got a 2-2 draw um, away in Honduras, and they will pay tomorrow at the clink. Uh, but they were drawing, they drew against Olympia. So I feel like they should play that game in Olympia, Washington. There has to be a rule. <laughs> Absolutely, there has to be a rule. <laughs> so, so, so some, like, you know, some interesting results in, in, we'll see. I think that everybody always, you know, Impact is, is known for, for having made r- deep runs into the competition. And that's, I think that that is, uh, it was an interesting first opportunity to see Terry Henry on the touchline. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it whetted my appetite for um, for games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree that, like, really the games didn't tell us too much about MLS sides in terms of how they might perform in the league because a lot of the games kind of looked like a bit of a, a track meet with the MLS sides really uh, struggling with fitness um, and, and just struggling in overall form. Uh, with the exception, of course, of Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta is like one of the teams that actually nailed it. Um, also, I note that this was the uh, was this it? I'm just looking for the confirmation that this is the uh, that the New York City match tonight was that the one that happened at um, Red Bull Arena? The weird. Oh, I uh, think so. Yeah. The Twilight Zone game of of having to, you know, that the the fans despised. So I'm I'm trying to find out. It was Red Bull Arena. I don't see an attendance number though. Sixteen. So, <laughs> and they're all mad about it. <laughs> um. So those were those. Uh. That that was sort of some of the outside of MLS stuff. The other, um. I guess big news. From other leagues are that uh, Campiel had their schedule out. They're going for a balanced schedule, and they've ditched the spring in um, fall calendar. Good. That was stupid. <laughs> I was I mean, interested. In my humble opinion, I was interested to see how it was going to pan out. Um, but 
I think that the fact that one half was longer or shorter than the other um, was kind of like, like if if they had been able to fully think it out and, and fully put uh, like a two half season that had equal lengths and a break between the middle, that would have been interesting to see how that happened. But there was no break. Um, the same team won both halves and then didn't win the final. I think that the, the combination of the narrative weirdness of the fall, the spring and fall season, and the fact that the physical trophy was a little bit of a dud, and the fact that this the underdog won, or I mean the underdog, but the team that had not been the story of the league all year was not the the winner on the day. I think there there was kind of a muted reception to the final. Yeah, I mean, I know that like our market already struggles with the playoffs piece a little bit. Um, and there's still a lot of people that just would kind of like to see the team that has the most points be a little bit more rewarded than they are. Um, but if you're splitting it into two halves, and yeah, I, I I agree. They've obviously... I'm glad they're making some adjustments and will be continuing to iron out the kinks with it. So I could be wrong with this because it, I'm going by my memory and I'm not looking at it, but I think the new plan is uh, it will be first in the table versus the winner of a playoff between second and third. Oh, okay. Sure. Is how they'll handle that. All right. It's not the worst. Three three teams out of eight qualify for the playoffs. Not too bad. Yeah. We'll take it. Um the other one the other big thing to watch as things are happening, the the League's Cup ex- expands, which with more crossover between MLS which creates more crossover between MLS and Liga MX, which is in itself in a bit of turmoil as there's been a proposal to end promotion and relegation to the league for five years. Hmm. On the grounds of... Um, I am... I think that they want to try and get clubs more on solid ground. I think that you see that the teams are trying to work... Teams are, are finding... Methods to try and avoid relegation. <coughs> Caratero. Um, what? <laughs> nobody wants to get relegated. That's just it. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to get relegated, and enough is is happening that they're. They. I guess they're going to just try to stop doing it, and and it'll be interesting. I know that some people are are worried about a, a flattening of things as the two leagues get closer together. Um, hopefully, that doesn't happen, but. I mean, this is one thing as people are talking, you know, people often jostle with the idea that MLS or KPL should use promotion relegation. And it's interesting to see Mexico moving away from it. Yeah. I mean, financially, there's I read a a big, long article. I don't even I don't think I finished it about especially European clubs, but looking at how money has changed, you know, the unpredictability factor of soccer in a lot of large markets. Um, but another big thing they talk about is just how, um, with so much money on the line, it, it really does skew the ability for teams to stay up and 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 it, what happens if they miss certain things. I mean, when there's just so much money on the line for staying in a certain league or qualifying for a Champions League in some cases, um, trying to get clubs on proper financial footing in the long term, if that is indeed part of the reasoning, I think is, is maybe not the worst idea 
Um, but from MLS's point of view, if I'm Don Garber, any chance to get Liga MX players closer into MLS and getting a taste of that with the you know allure of like uh, an actual paycheck that is going to be delivered on time, uh, I think he's got to be pretty happy that there's going to be so much more crossover. I think that there's an interesting, you know, I always still think that the competi- level of competition-wise, MLS has a ways to go if they want to be strong in that. Money-wise, things are going great, which is good. It's going to be a lot different if you're going to get lit up by Mexican teams every week. Yeah. And you have teams right now drawing against Honduran sides. So, well, and that's the very real reality that we're presented with Champions League, right? Is that, you know, we think MLS has come so far, and then you watch a side like Seattle just really, really struggle. Um, granted, they score two, but the fact is, most of these games, the MLS, look, MLS clubs really look out of their depth. Um, yes, they're still in their preseason, but, you know, when you put the two teams on the same pitch, there's a massive. Uh, golf in the quality still. And maybe that will, will change as, as more players come in. Um, that's the rest of the news that I have from outside of the league. Do you want to go? Uh, well, I do got, you want to go into it? Do you want to go uh, go to our main event? Sh- let's go to the main event. And I got a couple of news stories that sort of have come in under the wire here that I think we can work in. So we talked about doing um, a sort of a league preview. We've done this every year that we've done the show. So we've done it twice. Um, and this, our third year, we're going to try something somewhat different. We're going to go pl- um, team by team. And we're going to be looking at... I mean, I don't like the way MLSsoccer.com tries to do like a prediction, like who's going to be where at the end of the season, because it's a completely useless exercise at this point. So I chose that what we're going to do is look at where will they be in four months? What's our prediction of sort of as we're entering the summer? uh, That's sort of when we start to see the table take a little bit of shape. Um, So we're going to go with that. And then we're going to also talk about our player to watch from each team. So it'll be pretty quick with each team, but that way we can get give everybody a sense of, of where clubs are coming into the season. Remember, there are a lot of these dang things now. There's so many. So we're going <laughs> to start with the 653rd MLS club and just work our way <laughs> through the list. <laughs> um, I was thinking we should actually go reverse alphabetically because otherwise, like, the Vancouver Whitecaps are the last on every MLS list ever, so for a variety of reasons. So I think we should start there. All right. Is that cool with you? That works for me. All right. Let's talk about the Whitecaps. Let's talk about the Whitecaps. Uh, where did you Where do you see the Whitecaps um, sitting heading into June? If all goes well, um, and based off of how I've seen them playing and how they're setting themselves up, which is not dissimilar from what Mark Dos Santos wanted last season, I think they're going to be mid-table. I think that they'll be better because they have better players. Um, I think that the players that they've let go were all... I can't think of a player that we lost that really we didn't either get the same as or better coming in or a player that just never really gave that much last year. Um, but I still think they're going to be iron ironing things out this season. I still see this season as an, a, a building year. Um 
I I still think they have some missing pieces. We we're lacking a, a really sizable piece in our central midfield. It's been Inbaum and Tybert holding that space, and at times it works quite well, but um, other times not so much. What about you? Um, I think that, that we talked... One of the things that was so tough last year, looking at um, the unfortunate performance that the Whitecaps had in the West, um, was thinking that this came after sort of like a wholesale roster change and thinking, well, you can't do it again, but there's so little... Um, like 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 so much here is 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 frustrating. Well, the, the the sort of the opposite move have been taken in in a way that the Whitecaps doesn't don't usually do, which is to really build everything around one acquisition. And that's Lucas Cavallini. Um, I think that that is going to be really interesting. And I think that like for the first, we talk all the time about the Whitecaps issues with finding strikers and getting strikers that they like and uh, seeing them leave and then trying to replace them with uh, more strikers. Um, this is going to be the first time since like the beginning of the Rivero era that you're going to put somebody on the field that is, and, and I loved uh, Kai Kamara, mm-hmm. but I, but Kamara was almost in like, like something everybody warmed up to. The first game was pretty explosive, I, I think. But, but like, this is going to be the magnet. As good as Kamara was when he first came in, he alone was not the magnet. And I think that Cavallini will be that. Well, and he's also scored four games in four goals in four games in the preseason. So he's connecting True. well with everyone. Um, in, in, there's going to be, there's some more sort of, uh, additions that are being made in the, um, Around the area, we might be bringing another mid- midfielder right here. Um, the, but I think that maybe it's a better approach to focus on. We've got one sort of talisman that is that people are going to build around, and we will worry less about trying to find ten bargains, which I think was the the approach last year. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's. It's paying off, too, because we actually have a surprising number of forwards. And for for the first time ever, I wouldn't say we have a problem, but it's like, well, now we actually have, like, five real strikers. Um, and we we have possibilities of having things like Freddie Montero, who's, for all intents and purposes, sticking around, um, is actually playing underneath Cavallini and being a bit more of a playmaker as opposed to the guy sitting up top as the number nine, which gives us more options there. Uh, to St. Ricketts also re-signed with the club for a long-term deal. Um, he came in last season, I think he only had like eight games to really prove himself, but showed he's another like just big, smart striker that can come in and whack goals in. So, you know, you've got Cavallini there as the talisman to hopefully get us, you know, somewhere around that 15-goal mark and win games and, and really be a catalyst to energize the team. But you've got... Theo Bear, you've got Reyna, you've got to St. Ricketts, you've got Montero. Like, we actually have goal scorers now. So it's, even without building it around Cavallini, I think there is a a more urgent sense to build things around the attacking pieces and that they're all going to have pretty similar jobs to do. It's just they'll get it done in different ways. 
So my way of my way of approaching the the predictions was that just to just to make sure that all of my predictions interlocked with each other and made sense. Um, I uh, I did put numbers on all of them. So I have uh, as you head into June, there the Whitecaps are going to be outside the playoff uh, spots with a chance to uh, get in there in ninth. Yeah, I I feel like that's a a pretty fair assessment of things. I went a little loosey goosey with mine, but. I like it. Who's going to be your player to watch in the Vancouver Whitecaps? <laughs> uh, it's Cavalini. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. You have written down Cavalini, obviously. <laughs> and I didn't want to, I didn't want to bite your flavor. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about sporting Kansas city. This club, we have a lot of respect for your good friend. Tim Melia plays for them. Um, we talk about Peter Vermees a lot. Where do you see Sporting Kansas City in the first half of this season or four months in? Where are they going to be? Um, I am, uh, I think, going to be going to break with where you're, where you are seeing them. Uh, I got them fifth. I think Polito is going to be great. I think that they, uh, Alan Polito, that their um, Mexico League striker um, is going to, I think, pay dividends for them. And I think that they're going to, they had a rough year, but I think that they're going to learn from that. And I also think that um, it's going to be, I think that a lot of the teams in the West are going to take a moment to, are going to need a moment to regroup. Mm-hmm. And so the combination of that plus, I think it's going to be uh, the, the the strength of the acquisitions they've made, plus the fact that it probably isn't going to be hard to snipe that fifth spot. Mm-hmm at least in the first half of the the, um, the calendar. it's Yeah, it's a good point. If they can start strong, um, they can definitely make that one theirs a little bit more. I mean, defensively, we know that they're usually a good side. They really struggled last season with injuries as well. So I think my assessment is kind of based off of that a little bit. Um, I still put that, you know, four months in, I think they're going to continue to struggle. I think this is act, the one thing I'll stand by is I think this is make or break for Vermees. I think he's asked for a lot of patience and confidence in his system. Um, and I think there's been times where we've seen that pay off, but I, I still think just in terms of the MLS climate and how easily uh, coaches can be let go. I think that if by June sporting Kansas city is not, performing well there's going to be some serious questions asked of that leadership which i think is not maybe necessarily the right approach but i feel like that's a possibility if um sporting kansas city is not in that top six or seven that makes sense i mean the one the one um needle i'll pop in my own optimism about them is that they seem to uh rise and fall based on how well they do defensively and they didn't really do a lot on that front. Yeah. There weren't a, a ton of signings there, which is why I put their player to watch as good, as good as I think Polito could be for me. It's Johnny Russell continues to be just because he was such a presence last year, defensively and offensively and the real difference maker. I still see him as, as the guy going forward for them. What do you uh, think of Seattle? <laughs> oh, in the context of this, 
I think that they are going to be hurting a lot of feelings uh, of other MLS clubs because they're going to be oh. they're going to be pretty good even with so many new faces. I think probably there's going to be clubs that are like, well, they got rid of a lot of players, and this isn't the same team that's won the MLS Cup a number of times. Um, but the players that they've brought in are pretty darn good and they seem to be doing well in preseason um maybe a little less defensively solid they lost some really key defensive pieces that being said i mean brian schmetzer's gonna lock everybody into the same system so it should be clear what to do but we did see seattle drop a lot of goals late in the season last year anyway i have them sitting second or third in the west same i am the same as you i have them second um the, I think that there is a a, a theme that we'll, uh, we'll be coming back to with a lot of these clubs in terms of a, a key defensive or midfield possession or a, a position in the team that was occupied by somebody that was kind of like you didn't understand how important that they were until they yeah. left. Yeah. Um, Kim Kihi leaving the Sounders is a is uh, something is a recent piece of news that I think is going to be a problem for them. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, and then now Roman Torres, he was what? When did he? Yeah, he was with them last year, right? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, yeah. So we shall see with them. That being said, like I think there will be some. I think if you're a Sounders fan, there's going to be a little bit of heartbreak maybe because you're expecting the same performances week in week out but i think for the rest of the league we're gonna still be chasing after them it was almost weird like spoilers last year in terms of the the storylines everybody was talking about um which was la galaxy lesc rooney etc and seattle popped up to do the same thing they always do yeah (laughs) which is like oh we're just gonna quietly beat everybody all the time and then just win everything including the MLS Cup. Okay, bye. <laughs> Have a good off-season, everyone. We are the Who's Seattle Sounders. We did not win many games for the first two months because it turns out we didn't need to. And that's the question of whether or not they start strong this time and then peter out. Um, who do you have um, as the player to watch from Seattle? Oh, this one was hard for me because um, I, I really didn't have a good sense of the players that they've brought in. Um, who do you have? A Jordan Morris. Yeah. I mean, that's Rui Diaz is also going to be great, of course, but I think mm-hmm. that that Morris is always, you know, looking for opportunities to um, to showcase himself, and I think that this is going to be a good year for him. Yeah, he's been sharp as hell, too, in preseason and in Champions League. So, um, interesting, they brought in Miguel Ibarra, Ibarra um, who's playing Ooh. for Minnesota. Um, obviously, they locked down Lodero. I I still, just for fun, I'm going to say Danny Leva, the 16-year-old they had. Um, mm. He played some good games last season. He didn't get a lot of minutes. I'd really love to see him break into the first team more. Um, but, and I, I think that Sounders fans know, but I think he, he's going to be a huge MLS talent. Absolutely. Maybe a slower burn than, you know, your Alfonso Davies, but he, I think he's going to be great. Now, an old favorite of ours, the much beloved, <laughs> but the much maligned Real Salt Lake. They just can't quit. Where, 
where do we have them? Um, I think that they are going to stay buoyant, but lots of other teams improved in this offseason. I think they're going to be 10th. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty fair. I just, but it doesn't look good. I think they're going to struggle in the first four months. I mean, they're never out of it because they're RSL, right? They find a way to win games. They do have a lot of talent. I just think it's going to be a tough season because I fail to see what they really brought in um, that is going to be the big difference makers. Um, my player to watch is Corey Baird. I think if he can continue his form, he can be a big presence for them. Um, or continue to be, rather. But just a really underwhelming offseason. Um, and I didn't really see... like where they necessarily improved. One person they did bring in um, is Justin Merrim. If he can return to form um, and bring some needed experience with all the young faces they have, that could be a a really big improvement. But unfortunately, I just, I feel like it's going to be a really tough first four months for them. The player attempting to fill Nick Romano's shoes will be Zach McMath, who um, recently was in that... uh, battle for the number one spot in Vancouver last season and, and uh, lost pretty conclusively to Maxime Crepeau, um, but he will now get a, a, a shot at a starter job here. Yeah, and I thought he was okay. He's, a, he's a, a reasonable goalkeeper. I mean, he's not quite what they had before, but he'll do. Also, uh, Jefferson Savarino is out. Right, that's right. He's gone to... he Did he go to Europe or South America? South America, but uh, I'm I'm trying to glance at where it's not uh, it's not showing. Yeah. The um, I think that the interesting thing there, I, my player to watch was Ruznak. Mm, yeah. Uh, who did great last year? Uh, I think that, with the exception of Maram adding him to the mix, it's like you look to players like Ruznak. You look to players like Baird. But they had just as much opportunity in just as many minutes last year. Yeah, that's very true. I don't know that anything's going to be too different for them. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. Um, Portland Timbers. Let's wrap up the We're Cascadian missing... teams. Who are we missing? We're missing an S. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to talk about San Jose? Oh, how do we skip over San Jose? Sorry, San Jose. There was an S in Salt Lake, so I wasn't sure if that was the if that was the 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 calculation. No, oh, I just jumped a team. The, <laughs> the earthquakes, Almeida's boys. I put that. I think they could start a little strong. Well, <laughs> a little stronger compared to the start of last season. Yes, I think they'll be better than that. Um, I think that they're going to pick up points, but there's still questions about Almeida's system, um, particularly their, like, zonal marking thing that they were doing that sometimes works really well and sometimes just really, really doesn't. Um, For me, when they get unlocked, they just get so unlocked and beaten, but um, I I think that it it could work, so I have them doing a little better. I still see them pretty low in the table, though. Um, and, and with Wando aging, um, and granted he's still going to play, 
but they need some young goal scoring talent and um there needs to be a new era of goal scorers in San Jose for me to see them really doing too much serious this year. I it's it's his last season and of course everybody's going to have a lot of attention around that but I have Oh no, what are you doing San Jose? I've got them in 14th. Every other or most other teams have made significant moves to improve. And San Jose themselves were no uh um were no revelation last year. Well, they were maybe they were a little bit better than before, but they were certainly not in a position where they could make next to nothing in the way of movement. Mhm. And I, they were they were eighth last year. I see it being now. I guess fourteenth. Is that how many teams there are now? Yes. In short, not looking good. No. Yeah, I I agree. They they got to bring some players in. Um, the players that they brought in, admittedly, we don't know a lot about. But, um, yeah, I'm not overly optimistic there. And I look forward to being proven wrong by San Jose. There are 13 teams per conference. So I've got, uh, so I had them placed below the bottom space. <laughs> That's how good we're rating them. There will be a blank space above them in the table. So things are looking good. Okay. We can now talk about Portland. L- let's do, where do you think the beloved Portland Timbers are going to be four months in? I think that they've made a bunch of interesting acquisitions. Um, they, Brian Fernandez um, ended up leaving. That was their their attempt at, at a at a big discovery last year, um, which was largely in, successful. Aside from him, yes, I think that they've made a, a bunch of new signings that are also in this sort of you know tester situation. If you're looking at Gimichara, if you're looking at Yaroslav Niezgoda, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, the, the, the players they signed are, it's interesting to see how they're going to, um, integrate into the whole. However, I do have them placing third. Interesting. Okay. Um, because I think that, that teams are going to start soft this year and I think that they are going to be, um, interesting one to watch. Yeah. I, I think that at times they'll be able to be pretty electric. Um, I obviously no lack of midfield and forward talent. Um, but they actually have very few defenders even signed. Um, they're pretty, <laughs> Who needs them? they're pretty thin on the back. Um, if this is up to date, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight defenders, which is a little light for an MLS team. Um, still workable. There's still time left. Um, but I think there's going to be, I should say when I, when I say finish, I mean, obviously in, in June. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I'm expecting more than one four three result. It's just a question of what side of that scoreline they'll come out on. Um, yeah. I think I see Portland as a team that's very capable of scoring consistently more than two goals a game and consistently giving up those goals as well. Um, they recently just signed Jeremy Abobasi to a contract extension. He's my player to watch, not because I think he's the most important player at the club, but he really needs to have a great season. Um, I'm I'm hoping that the new contract shows him that the club has faith in him and he'll be able to uh, really live up to that and have a great season. 
I just want to see the guy perform more than two weeks at a time in a stretch. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely somebody that has like shown a lot of promise, uh, promise and been interesting, but the um, the consistency will have to be there. My pick for players to watch um, is the Charas. We now the have Charas. a uh, we now have Charas a brother acted in in Portland with Diego Chara being joined by his twenty eight year old striker brother Yimi Chara. Should be good. And I think that that is going to be a fun little interplay. Yeah. Okay. A club that both you and I had talked about being much improved last season and everybody seeming to ignore until they beat them is Minnesota United FC. What is this season going to look like? Is it going to be any different? I started really negatively... Um, on Minnesota and I actually like in the process of putting together the list I had to like I, I revised it up even yeah because like at first I had Minnesota like um, or maybe it was Colorado that I had second for the bottom in any case uh, I have them sitting in 11th I think that uh, it's been interesting I think that they they uh, in losing Ibarra and in losing, um, it was Kyoto that was playing there, right? Mm, sure. Quintero, Quintero. Quintero. Yes, Darwin Quintero. Yes. And they lost uh, Vito Minone, who uh, was their on loan goalkeeper. Um, he's uh, uh, headed back to England, and Tyler Miller comes in from LAFC. That's a that's a big acquisition. Um and most recently, I saw them playing against the Whitecaps in preseason. We did beat them, but um, it was interesting to see one of the pieces Minnesota's been missing is a really, really strong goalkeeper. Um, and last year, obviously, with Vito coming in, that sort of tightened things up. Um, Tyler Miller's prone to mistakes here and there. Obviously, he had two pretty successful seasons at LAFC, mostly because he didn't have a hell of a lot to do there. Um but I, I think that this seeing Tyler Miller in that team made a lot of sense. Um, and it looks like Minnesota's skewing a little bit younger. I think like they're going to be mid-table, maybe a little bit higher, and beginning to find a rhythm, at least defensively. I think they're pretty strong. They're, defensively, they've built a really good team, and it's just a case of getting that chemistry in. Um, offensively, I think they're going to need some summer signings, and they're going to struggle to score goals. I think that maybe maybe there's the the optimism that I lack is the fact that that they could I I feel like they're going to disappoint compared to where they were last year, but it is every bit as possible that they will um, despite having a uh, a slightly diminished offensive repertoire if they stay um, uh, disciplined defensively that they'll be able to make it work. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. Okay, what about redacted? I mean, Inter Miami FC. We are. Uh, um, are we missing? Oh, right, right, right. We're looking. Uh, we're looking. Uh, not per conference. I've been living in the. We've been for some reason all of the uh, the low. Just alphabetically, for some reason, all the low teams alphabetically are in the West. Yeah. Um. 
I think that this is going to be interesting in, in putting together a list of the first um, four months of the season. You've got to look at who do you think is going to have like a good year overall, but is going to start um, poorly. And I think that that's going to be Inter Miami. Mm. They're going to have it. They're they're going to have interesting players to watch. They've 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 constructed a good side. Um, it's an interesting got, side, eh? When you look at their roster, you're like. It's a little bit of star power, a little bit of like MLS who's who, a lot of really young players. It's like, it's a bit of a potato salad. Yeah, it's not even like, it's not even exactly, uh, it's not an LAFC style, go to the candy store and get yourself as many attackers as you can. No. No, I I think they've built a very balanced side. I mean, and I think that, They've done the the smart thing in trying to get a couple of, you know, really good key players and then just try to build a solid foundation. And the players that they've picked, I mean, I guess it'll... The big question is, will the team be greater than the sum of their parts or will it just be a team that looks like you threw a bunch of MLS players together and hope for the best? Um, And I... I think that, that especially in the early stages, the uh, it will be it will not exceed the sum of its parts. Yeah, which is fair. I I think that they may surprise people and start strong. Um, so I I have them at possibly cruising four months in, but maybe starting to struggle as maybe some injuries pop up, um, or you know if they start fiddling with their starting 11, if they can't get that nailed down. Um, But they're just such a big question mark. It's really hard to make much of a prediction either way. So I just sort of went contrary. And and I think a lot of people think they're going to beef it out of the gate. And I just went, hey, maybe they'll be really good for a while just to to shake things up. Who are your players to watch there? I have them spinning their wheels in fourth. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I think we're pretty same assessment. Yeah, um, my player to watch. I think that the the good or uh, or sorry, sorry. I have sixth. I was looking at the wrong team. Yeah. So so in the in the in the playoffs in the wild card zone, um, my players to watch. Um, I think that that win or lose, we're going to hear a lot about Inter Miami because they are the they are going to be like the MLS social media heroes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of them retweeted, and and as a result, we're gonna see a lot of their their star Rodolfo Pizarro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely be a player to watch. I'm interested to see what Will Trap is gonna do in new surroundings. Um, I think maybe shaking things up a little bit will be interesting. And of course, I'm just curious to see if uh, local boy David Norman Jr is going to get some significant minutes over there. He posted a, a cute picture this week on social media, one with him as a much younger man standing next to David Beckham, I think in 2004 or 14, <laughs> saying, uh, one day I'll come play for your club. And then a wow. picture with him standing beh- beside him now, um, shaking his hand. And, you know, David Norman Jr. is still a young, a young kid, but... Um, you know, and it's kind of a cool story, so I just I put him there. That is cute. Uh, if you were you had your 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 fingers on the alphabet, and you you heard me say that a team was going to be fourth, um, you'll know that the next team in the list is LAFC. 
And I think that they are going to come off of a year where they had um, a dominant performance in the league and, and didn't follow it up in the playoffs. And they're going to spin their wheels a little bit to start into fourth place. Um, I think that maybe I'm, am, am I being maybe unduly influenced by that CONCACAF Champions League match? Maybe. Um, but I just think that they have some stuff to figure out too. Yeah, the, you're you're right. I mean, this could be the first year that we see an LAFC with a little bit of baggage um, and and maybe not start as strong as they have. Um, Champions League is, is a hard thing to judge their um, performance on. But the thing is, all of this changed a couple of weeks ago. All of it changed because I would just say, like, shut up, LAFC is going to be fine. But now, big questions about the defense because, as we talked about last week, Nashville just swooped in and were like, what if we gave you a million dollars for your best center back? <laughs> Which gives them a great problem to have in terms of having a crap ton of cash to spend, but not so great of a problem in that their key defensive piece is now gone and not so easily replaced. So I think they're still going to be crushing it and scoring a lot of goals, but defensively... I think not as sound and definitely exploitable. I still think they're going to be in first place. <laughs> That's fair. I think it'll I think be that... like they'll win games four to two or four to three instead of four nothing. But uh, I, I think that what Bob Bradley has set up there is 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 stronger than um, losing one key piece. If you look at where they were last year. Um... Or if you look at the the year one to year two, I think the big difference is that they figured it out on defense, and they got yeah. a, a solid core with Walker Zimmerman, um, who is gone, and Tyler Miller is gone, and so is Stephen Bateshore. Yeah. So I think that 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 was the thing that put them over the top last year, to me, and they're going to have to figure out. Uh, like, like I hope that whatever they have in in response is going to be as effective. And if it's not, they're going to have to spend time uh, building something else. Mm-hmm. Now, my big troll is that you had LAFC in first. I have uh, LA Galaxy in first in the last in June. Robot farts. <laughs> I just I my troll to you was uh, where do you have them in four months and I just put them selling lots of Chicharito shirts <laughs> I I think that they have made great uh, they've made great acquisitions obviously Zlatan Ibrahimovic is no more but um, not overshadowed obviously because he had Ibra had a great year, but um, the moment that they added Christian Pavone, the equation changed. And if you are combining, if you are going to start shifting the focus over to Pavone and you've got a star striker that can come in and score some goals, um, Sasha Kleshton is going to be here too. Alexander Katai is going to be here as well. Um, Romain Alessandrini leaving is a, is a concern. Um, but I think that they've added, they've made additions that will work. And I think that, um, the people, the, the other teams around them, are they going to be first at the end of the year? I don't think so. Um, but I think that, uh, that other teams that 
would threaten for that crown aren't going to take a minute to um, assemble themselves. And L.A. will uh, take advantage. That's a good point. Um, in the in the context of where other teams might be in the West, I, I think that that's probably pretty fair. Um, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be up there for sure. They've added a lot of pieces still defensively. I just I don't know what their deal is um, if they just don't really <laughs> care. I do think they made a couple of signings. Um, but I, I think that what we've seen time and time again now in this sort of new era of MLS is that you can be a good team and you can get up real high on the table without a lot of defensive talent necessarily, or at least solid defensive performances, but you're not going to make it very far in the playoffs. And so if we're talking four months, I'd say, yeah, that's probably a good assessment. But much when, <laughs> when we talk again in June, I have a feeling I might be talking about some familiar talking points with them. <laughs> um, for Houston, I have them slightly better than last year. I have them in eighth. Uh, they're the odd team that they didn't also make a, a, a lot of changes. Uh, they lost AJ De La Garza, which will be a concern. And, and uh, Demarcus Beasley also took his his bow from the league. Um, they also swapped Romel Kyoto for Darwin Cantero, so a, a Q for Q. Switch, um, but I mean, I've always enjoyed the the, the pairing of Albert Elise and Mauro Minotis, mm-hmm. and I think that that is going to be something that, that is a uh, something that is reliable and something that is already set up and and especially early on in the season, that's going to pay dividends for me. Yeah, I have. Um, I, I think that they're going to be giving up goals still and continue to be a very fast team. I don't know where that's going to put them in the table, but they continue to really build their um, their core around a lot of speedsters, and we know Quintero is a guy who can certainly turn on the Jets. Um, my player to watch here is maybe Christian Ramirez. Ramirez. Interesting. Formerly of LAFC. Um... I think that he's a player coming into his prime. I think that he's a player that offers them something different than what they have already. All their other forwards are really guys who are meant to just blast down the line. We know Christian Ramirez is quick, but he's also a little bit more of a playmaker and a bit, uh, I think a bit more of a poacher than maybe they've had. So we'll see how things go there, but I... I would love to say that things are going to be better. I don't see where the change to Houston is that they're going to be defensively stronger and and winning more games than last season. Uh, For Dallas, I think that this is a team that is going to look look a lot different. Um, And and I think maybe surprise some people. Yeah, uh, possibly. You know, they did bring in new players. I don't know much about the players that they've brought in. So this is a a team for me that I have to... If there's Dallas fans listening, I'm just going to hold up my hands and say I have almost no idea what they've really done. Um, I know that they, again, they're a team built around speed. I I think that they're still going to drop a lot of points. But they they always kind of fly under the radar, though. So I, I don't know. They could surprise people, including me. It's odd that even though I'm like, oh, it's gonna be, they're gonna be sneaky good. They were seventh last year, and I have them in ninth, so I have them, I have them dropping slightly. 
Well, and it's it's funny, right? Because I don't feel like in er. especially last season, I don't feel like either of us were like Dallas is bad. They just weren't particularly good either, or they'd be like good for forty five or sixty minutes, but couldn't quite close out games. So, you know, I feel like it could kind of tip either way for them. That's not true. Actually, I had them in six. Forget what I just said. Uh, but good talking point. Thing, hey, it's our preseason too. Let us let us go. The thing that I see here is that they've got a, a player that might be showing up in July. Mm. So maybe uh, maybe they will be a little bit stronger in the second half, and, and my optimism will be for not. Could be. Um, Colorado. Mm-hmm. This is always quite the. Uh, um, this is always quite the, the the thing to talk about because I think that they had a really rough year two years ago. Um, last year we wanted them to have a better year, and I think that they were better. Yeah, but just I don't even think know, there's a but. Still... They were better, but <laughs> marginally. The Tim Howard um, goodbye tour was was great for somebody that really deserved it, but I mean, it didn't necessarily pay dividends on uh, in terms of results. Um, they are a team that is has made. Uh, it's. I feel like they're like this weird um, collector for all of our favorite players from former Canadian teams. Yeah. Because they have just uh, signed Drew Moore. Yeah. Or not just. They've signed Drew Moore this last season. They uh, they are going to be the recipients of the Nicholas Benezet weirdness. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know they're they're still built. They're still you know putting stuff together, and, and that's the team where I. Where I had them low, and I was like, okay, well, I'll re, I'll re, uh, I'll rearrange my my bottom end of the table. I still have them uh, tenth, but four I'm... four months in, yeah. I think if we're thinking about where they'll be early on in the season, but after a few months of playing, I think that's fair. I think that so, and I kind of had the same thing. I put significantly improved, well, maybe just improved, and not dead last. However, that's four months in. I think that if they can get the chemistry going, if Benize can show up and pump in some goals, if Car- if Kai Kamara continues in his form, which is he's always good for at least 10 goals, then I think Colorado can be uh, the heartbreak kid this season that slowly climbs up the table and maybe midseason really starts to cause some of the teams in the West some problems just out of... Um, you know, this is a team that really could be greater than the sum of its parts. Now, I see here looking at the spreadsheet that you did separate from by conference, but you put Miami in the West and, and Nashville in the East. Oh, oh, whoops. So let's before we leave the West, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Nashville. Let's talk about Nashville. Um, but this one's really weird for me. Defensively, you'd have to think they're going to be pretty solid because of all the MLS experience they've acquired there, um, including a very expensive Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. But my big question with teams that build themselves around this, um, we kind of saw Cincinnati take the same approach, where they were like, well, we'll just kind of use the re-entry draft to pick up a player here, a player there from teams. But like, is that all that MLS experience going to actually equal winning games? And that's the part that I, I'm not sure about. So 
I think that they're going to be actually, I think they're going to have a tough start this season. Um, I think that they they do have a lot of talent, but remembering also Walker Zimmerman's still young. And, I mean, and he's not perfect. He's a damn good defender, but um, he also had a lot of great players around him. I think he has good players around him here, but I'm not so sure. What do you think? Uh, it's funny that the number and the the note that I have are kind of um, at cross purposes here. Not going to do too badly for an expansion team. 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know. You know. It's not going to be a pure stinker um, like, like Cincinnati had last year. Yeah, but they'll win some games. It's going to be rough. Um, my player to watch... Um, is Akam. I like David Akam a lot, and yeah. I think that, that he's going to have the, the, the space to operate. It's so weird to me that no team wants him for more than a year. The um, uh, the big news for them that I think that maybe, and this is maybe going to explain why they might come out of the, the gate a little rough, is that so much of the focus has been on the stadium deal, yeah. which they have sealed. Um, they, they have uh, reached a deal with Nashville for the fairgrounds, they will pay 100% of the construction costs, and they uh, will also foot some of the bill for stadium infrastructure, um, which I think is great. Yeah. Kudos to the city of Nashville for getting what I think was necessary. Um, and good uh, good luck on Nashville SC for paying it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I don't go too much into <laughs> that. We don't need to talk about <laughs> city politics and, and painting you know, the mayor is a bit of the, the villain in this one, but I agree. It sounds like a good deal for everyone involved. Um, also, over 50,000 tickets now sold for their first MLS match. So there's going to be some bums and seats for that one. My player to watch is Abu Dunladi. Um, I think he's he's going to be a difference maker for them and, and somebody that maybe we haven't seen the full... Um, ability of because you know of the struggles minnesota had but i think he's a really good acquisition for them let's go east let's do life is not necessarily peaceful there or or unpeaceful there but do you want to start with toronto sure um four months in i have them chasing atlanta but only slightly I'm going to say this. I don't know why I included this as my marker of where they'll be in four months, but I put fewest goals conceded in East is my guess. I think defensively, they're going to be very, very, very strong. um, And offensively, we'll see, right? Um, You know, there's been some questions of Altador that seems to have died down again. I'm I'm assuming they're probably going to be looking to bring in uh, maybe another attacking piece at some point. I, I mean, they didn't need to make a lot of changes, and they didn't. They've also not had a great preseason, but preseasons are meant to like get people back into shape and figure things out. And they didn't have a ton of stuff they really needed to figure out from last season. So uh, I have them probably sitting second in the East. Hope they're not going to miss Moore too much. He's he's somebody I always look at. Um, and the sad, the the most um, uh, unfortunate part for them is that they will miss Michael Bradley with surgery for uh, for a minute for the first couple months. Oh shoot! I didn't catch that. What happened? 
It was an it was an ankle injury that he suffered in November. Oh right, I do. Okay, I, sorry, I do remember that now. And they they just picked it up because that's the whole reason why Altador kind of shot his mouth off, claiming like the doctors and physios weren't doing their job. Yeah, it it he's a big part of it, but I know that they're also sort of in the. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do without him. And maybe with that in mind, I should have had them lower. I also have them just trailing Atlanta, but they're in third in my, uh, in, in, in my mock-up. The, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Pablo Piatti and mm. whether or not sort of him and Pozuelo are enough to, to cover for, for any sort of um, absences or, or challenges with Bradley and, and Altidore. It'll be interesting to see what, what shape they take without Michael Bradley, who I also heard a, an interesting news note that he's looking to try and maybe get his Canadian citizenship. And any kids, he, he I think this was maybe an interview they were saying that any of his, that his kids uh, could play for Canada if if that future continued to uh, happen happily. Hmm. And I think that that's just funny. Because uh, obviously he's he's so indelibly American, but you've had this this dynamic take place for so long, where he gets booed off the field, um, in the United States in MLS games, and he gets chart he gets cheered at home. How many years of that can you take before you you start really thinking about it? Truly. Well, and also, you know, I'm assuming his family's up here in Toronto with him, um, getting a taste of the the good life. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's making a higher salary than a lot of MLS players, but um, you know, could save some pennies by staying north of the border. Philadelphia Union. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're you you sound unsure. I'm unsure. I don't know which Philadelphia is going to turn up. I don't know what they've done this season. They got rid of some... This was another team we were like, just don't change too much. Just get a little bit better. Maybe get an attacking piece. And they were like, flip the table. Sell everybody. Change everything. I don't know. I have no idea what to say about their season. I, I All I can really say is like mid-table. I don't think they're going to be poor. Um, but I think they're going to be inconsistent. Trusty Fabinho, Fabian, and Madunian all leaving. That seems that seems those all seem like pretty key players for the Union. But Casper Shabilko is still there. Uh, they've signed another forward in Sergio Santos. I I have nothing that when 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 met with your uh, your take on them, I realize that I have nothing to defend my stance. That I think they are going to. <laughs> Um, actually do okay, especially in the first half. Uh, and I have them in, as a matter of fact, I have them in fifth. Um, now, when you say that, why do I think that other than Shabilko is good? I, reasons. Maybe I don't. <laughs> because reasons. Um, but but when you look at the two teams, I think that, that Minnesota and Philadelphia are comparable um, in terms of teams that really, you know, threaten to break through and, and left you with the impression they might do it next year. I still kind of feel that that's Philadelphia, but I could be wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with your uh, where you have them in the table. Um, I think I just don't really know if, you know, the additions are really going to be as impactful as they need right away. So, I, again, I don't think they're going to be bad. I just don't know how to really assess what kind of team they're going to be. As noted, Micaiah Shibilko. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I hope I hope somebody Orlando Orlando this team is perhaps the biggest head scratcher to me in this off season of it seemed so obvious what they needed to do in terms of improving things um and they sort of got rid of their good players and I don't really see what they've added that looks like an improvement. I have them sitting lower in the table. Um, I, I still think they're going to be better than the Orlando that we got used to seeing for the first couple of years of them in MLS. But, I mean, like, when you look at their forwards, I mean, they've got Akindele, they've got uh, Benji Michel, they've got Dwyer, they've got Chris Mueller... Um, they're all good players, but I mean, are any of those guys going to score more than five goals this season? Um, and in terms of defense, I think that they've maybe actually strengthened a little bit here. Um, but I still, there's just a lot of real questions about what this team is trying to be. I could be surprised, but I think 11th is fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Now let's talk about a team that is, that is. There's so much to discuss. It's almost like a like a black hole in in the Eastern Conference. The New York Red Bulls play sixth in the East, and four months into the season, where do you have them? Um, I think they're really going to be struggling. Um, and a big I have them. In terms of table position, I think there's gonna be they're gonna be below the playoff line. Um, I still think they're gonna win some games. They still have some great players. I think though against teams in the East, where usually you just be like, ah, that's a Red Bulls win, they just they've only lost players. I mean, everybody, all the supporters, are like, what, what are you gonna? Are you guys gonna like replace some of those players? Um, they don't. Their goal scorers, although they stepped in last season, I think they're taking a big gamble and putting a lot of faith in guys who are, are just not built to be, you know, the the talisman that you need up top. Um, and in terms of depth, this is the other thing. When you sit on your thumbs and don't really make signings, all it takes is a couple of injuries to any of their key players, and I just fail to see where they have added any depth to their squad. Um, they still have some really good pieces. Um, I think Daniel Royer is going to continue to be the piece around which this team really pivots. Um, and, you know, and they still have Kaku, but I just, I don't think it's going to be good, man. Am I wrong? Luis Robles is out and I, they've got, I see David Jensen here on the sheet, but I don't know if that's a, uh, a number one guy, uh, replacing in, in goalkeeper. Bradley Wright Phillips is gone. Michael Murillo and Kamara Lawrence from the defense are gone. Um, 
I think that un, you you said it, but I feel like unless the other shoe drops, it's going to be a bad start. Um, and I have them in uh, in twelfth. Whew. I have four right. wow. I have it. I have it going real bad here. And here um, I thought I was being the pessimistic one. Because I mean, this is the thing: is it came in through to the end of last year? Is that they have that the, the chaos approach? Is what I always like to say about it. In and, and and it really they like it ran out on them. They they just weren't able to to maintain it because they didn't even at that point they hadn't carried it forward enough. And this year is not going to be better. Um, my player is Aaron Long wondering whether or, or this or <laughs> getting sold to West Ham would have been better. And obvious, honestly, it's a toss-up for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> now, the other New York. I'm missing a spot here. Where where, where are you uh, seeing New York City FC? Oh, in terms of me not filling anything in for them? Yes. This is the one t- this is the one place where my psychic powers uh are are have failed me. Well, I had to give you something, right? I I think it, I got stuck here because then I was like, I got to go look at their roster. Like did they lose players? What's going on? Um I feel like they're going to be kind of exactly the same as last season, quite strong. Um 4 months in, I see them probably sitting pretty high in the east. Um Iber for me is is my pick for their their player um, who's go, who's going to really be a difference maker. Um, but that being said, I mean Tajuri Shradi, um, Mitrita, they've got talent for sure. Um, not a lot of additions, but not a lot of subtractions. So I I see them as you know sitting second or third in the East. I think this is the year, with the exception of Ben Sweat leaving, which is you know Sweat's great for them. Um, I think this is the year they figure it out. I have them sitting first in the East. Holy. Um, four, uh, four months in, I think that they're going to be the team to look at as, as other teams try to adapt their game. Um, I think that the uh, Matrita is great. And we're seeing, I think last season we saw Eber doing well mm. when he made his appearance. But if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he joined halfway through the year. And I think that... Um, with a full preseason, yeah. and obviously he scored that hat trick in the Champions League. And I think that that if if they've got him and Matrita and Morales and Castellanos all firing on all cylinders, and that group has now been together for a while, uh, mm. I think that this is going to be the year for them. That's a good point. I yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. and it bears it bears my guy. Yeah. My player to watch. Yeah, okay. Um, the New England Revolution. We saw a just total phoenix from the ashes last season. Um, but what what's going to happen this season for them, do you think? Nothing particularly. They haven't made a <laughs> lot of big changes, I don't yeah. think. I think I see them, what, one, two, three, four, five, tenth. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that um, for me, their first few games could really dictate the course of the the season, at least in terms of the first half of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I think if they can start strong and pick up some good points, that gives them a little bit of flexibility when they face some of the tougher teams. Um, 
I think that there's going to be lots of goals on both ends, and um, Gustavo Bo is my player to watch. I've got. I feel like the the where they could um, impress is that everybody, including Bruce Arena, is going to have a preseason. And, and as much as they haven't made many um, moves, I guess that the moves that they made last year, including Carlos Heel, who's my player to watch, mm. um, are going to have time to get to know each other and develop more of a rapport. And that could allow them to improve without making any significant signings just because they became a better team together. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's something that we often overlook in terms of MLS storylines is the team chemistry. And there's so many changes to so many teams and so many new teams that you forget sometimes that sometimes the the best thing to do is just keep things steady and, and have some consistency in your roster. If the CONCACAF Champions League was any indication, um, Montreal in their uh, their progression under new coach Thierry Henry is going to be one of the like interesting stories. People are going to be uh, almost in a way. I mean, obviously, it's not the same, but I feel like a certain sense of rubbernecking that's similar to Jose Mourinho at Spurs. Yeah. Where people are just people are just gonna watch, like 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 people outside of Montreal are gonna watch just for the sake of seeing what happens. Yeah, I, I hadn't even really thought of it as like a marketing move, but it's a pretty clever one because um, they really didn't have anything to lose in in picking him, and he's definitely gonna earn them some European fans and and have more people watching their games. What about performance, though? Where do you have these guys four months in? I got them at eighth. Um, okay. The pieces are going to be coming together. I don't think that there's going to be... I don't think that's that's one spot better than they were last year. Um, I think that, that they are not going to struggle, but they're not necessarily going to like immediately get better. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, losing Piatti is a huge thing. Piatti on one leg is still better than most MLS midfielders. Um, I think that that piece is going to be evident with him missing. That being said, you know, we saw with um, their forwards that they signed, I'm forgetting the guy's name, Swedish? Played in the Swedish league? Oh, uh, you're thinking of of the Finnish forward, Lassie Lapalainen. Lapalainen, thank you. Um, They've got great pieces there. Um, Boyan certainly turned out well. Um... So we'll see. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be, like, struggling. I still have them lower mid-table as well. And also they're getting uh, Balu Tablo back. That's true. Back from Barca. Barcelona. Um, the... Uh, my player to watch. And also they've got that Kyoto. We talked oh, yeah. about this a little bit last year. I felt that the will they or won't they about um, Piatti really hurt the team. and. hmm I honestly, it, it's not that we, t- we, last week, last week we talked about, or last episode, we, we gave Piotti his due. I am ready for life after Piotti. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's as much as it's a, a big miss for them. I'm ready to move on as well from it. I, I just think it was nice to have the moment where we can be like, can we all just t- take a minute and talk about how freaking good he is. Um, I do hope he gets a testimonial or something. Yeah. I, th- I think that would be be good 
Um, I mean, he forever is that club, right? Like Montreal mm. Impact are always going to look at to him as really the player that gave them an identity. Speaking of teams <laughs> needing an identity, let's talk about our old friends FC Cincinnati. The true impact crater of the uh, oh, of the Eastern Conference. Ouchie. Ouch, ouch, ouch. It was a rough year, and they have already had their coach fired. Yeah. Ron Yance is out after what were reports that he uh, said a slur in the rock, the locker room around players. Um, the reports suggested that he was uh, said the N-word while singing a rap song. Um, but a rather fiery invective from the Players Association suggests that that is not true. And that it was, in fact, a, quote, pattern of conduct yeah. that led to his dismissal. Yep. I, I find it hard to believe that a, a coach would be fired over one incident. Um, and I, I still think, like, to me, this is just like, come on, man. Come on. Anyway, good riddance. Um, yep. Inter- I think, you know, the nice thing is they are their stand-in coach has already done it once. So... <laughs> Maybe he'll he'll show that he deserves the uh, the full time job this season. And they actually did a little. Uh, it's Yom something. Yuan Dame. Dame. Thank you. Um, I I think that you know they did better under him, and so you know if he can pick up where they left off there, I still think they're going to be like maybe middle lower mid table, maybe beginning to find an identity and rhythm causing some problems for teams above them. I don't think they're going to be much better, though, than last year. I have missed 13. Yeah. Um, Still at the bottom, and probably the bottom, probably the wooden spoon overall. Um, they they made the signing, and it's not clear whether or not it's going to be a DP or not, of, of CM DeYoung, a 31-year-old midfielder from Ajax, which just screams to me, I signed my contract when the Dutch coach was still hired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gee, I wonder who brought that player in. Hey, I don't know. He's there now. He's under contract. Um, Which is not fair to Ajax because there's so many good. I don't know why it's such a meme because Ajax players are great. Anyone, it's a no-brainer to look to Ajax to scout. But for some reason, it just seems to be a meme that you hired that that like that. That's when the Ajax players come in. Yeah. Um, Kubo and Lokaidia are two forwards approaching their prime that Cincinnati has signed. Um, And they didn't get rid of many of their other forwards. So I feel like this is one area where they might be a little bit better is knocking in some goals. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. There's lots of of space to operate. Yeah. Um, The... Next side, DC United. Going to be interesting. Um, I have them in fourth, a little drop off, but uh, but not out of the the the, the top mix. Um, I don't know how to factor in Paula Ariola missing the season with an yeah. ACL surgery. The the surgeries happened. It was successful. The timeline hasn't changed. Um. That could be really calamitous. I don't know whether, but uh, but I didn't really dock them any further than fourth, so it remains to be seen what's happening with that. I agree. I, I kind of have this one's just really hard to call. Um, 
I'm going to say they're going to be struggling to score goals, but pretty defensively sound. Um, they, of course, added Julian Gressel, which I think is a, a real coup for them. And yeah. just today, there are now reports that uh, Iguain may be joining as a player coach. Hey, that's interesting. And in, in that kind of almost, not that they're in the same level, but like, you know, they're they're going to be looking for leadership after Rooney. Rooney, the, the team before Rooney joined, the team wasn't really anywhere leadership-wise on the pitch. And yeah. I think that, that finding somebody, as much as finding somebody to transfer the uh, stardom, mm-hmm. finding somebody to transfer the, the leadership is just as important. I would say it's more important, and I, I feel like they may even do better if with that if that comes to fruition. Columbus Crew. Columbus Crew. Huh, an old team. Um, they struggled last season. Um, defensively, I think they've got some holes, but boy, do they have you know, a lot of goal scoring potential. I, I know that, um, why can't I remember there? I know that Caleb Porter has experience playing with Fernando Addy from the, not playing with him, but coaching him in the Akron days. I still think it's a big gamble to put this so much faith in Fernando Addy. I, at this point, I just don't think he's ever going to be the MLS striker that people think he's going to be. I just think he's got whatever's rattling around up in his brain. It's preventing him from being the player he could be. Um, and I don't see this gamble paying off. I have the ninth pretty much the same. Give or take a spot. I think that by this point in the year, they'll, the June, they'll still be trying to put it together. I think the other piece um, to look at is Darlington Nagby, mm. which with Porter and, and Addy is... is like if you're trying to make Addy feel better by sur- surrounding him with um, familiar faces, that can't hurt. And I think that that uh, he's somebody that is going to be that wasn't necessarily the focus um, in I believe Atlanta, but I think that he will be a, a like he'll be a great uh, focus. He'll he'll be a great uh, player in the midfield, especially given that they're losing Wayne and they're losing Will Trap. Yeah, and and given what he can do to break up plays um, in the Eastern Conference, I, I think he's going to continue to be one of the best midfielders, and that's why I think defensively they'll be better because Nagby always takes pressure off of your back four um, for breaking up plays and then quickly transitioning that play forward. And Columbus Crew has the forward options so uh, that being said i agree i think they're gonna still be ironing things out um four months in what about chicago fire i am i am very lukewarm on them nowhere bad nowhere nowhere in particular i think that that's that's an easy eighth for me just you know um the it's not just the rebrand. It's not just the rebrand, but it's they, not about the logo. They're clearly they they lost a bunch of really key points. If I read you Schweinsteiger, Nikolic, Bacardi, Gaitan, Katai, um, those are all such they were all such key to them, and they're clearly looking for a a revamp. 
uh, heading into their downtown stadium. But I just, I, I don't, I find myself uh, um, excited. I think that yeah. they've got a new uh, DP, Robert Barrick. They've got Alvaro Madran, who is a TAM player, and who's like sort of a um, a mainstay uh, in La Liga. In, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be like a key star. Is he going to be great leadership-wise? Maybe slot into that role that Schweinsteiger is going to vacate. Um, but I don't necessarily... They're going to be taking a minute to put it together, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the best they can hope for is sort of middle of the pack picking up some points here and there, but they've just lost so much. And even though they've signed other players, I think this is another team that's going to really be struggling with depth. As soon as you start to throw some injuries into the mix here, I just don't see where they really have the replacements to it. Um, my player to watch is CJ Sapong because I like him. I think he's an <laughs> underrated player. I don't think he's going to be the major difference maker um, or a Schweinsteiger type player, but I think he's going to be good, and I think he'll. I think he'll. He's a natural fit for the type of soccer that Chicago wants to play, and I think that's the best thing I can say about them right now. Even though I don't necessarily, I have Alvaro Madron question mark because I don't think he's. I don't necessarily think that he's an impact player, but he might. Uh, he might have some some benefit for them. Yeah. Um. Our final club, Atlanta. Atlanta United. Um, uh, this one for me is probably one of the teams I have the fewest things to say about that's actually good. I mean, I have the fewest things to say about them and the team is actually good. I think that they're going to be top of the table. I think they, if they're not number one, they're going to be darn close. I'm worried about them losing Gressel. Um, and they've also lost Gonzalez Perez and uh, Vialba, but I think that you know they they brought in Brooks Lennon and they've brought uh, they brought in a couple of other players and, and the players that they already had were great too. Yeah, um, I think that that's going to be another. They're going to be a, a key team that have other than Gressel, which again I think is people are going to um, underestimate as how important he was to the team. Um, they basically have everything that's going to contribute. Um, set up already. And I think that that's going to contribute to a, a strong start second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're going to, they're definitely going to look like one of the teams to beat um, off the line. And who's your player to watch with them? Uh, mine is Joseph Martinez, because I think that, um, is he a new signing? <laughs> because I think that honestly, the thing with him is, he was overshadowed in like last year in the year before with the focus on, um, on Ibrahimovic and Vela and Rooney and stuff like that. While he was still putting together uh, great performances, this is going to be a year where he has the opportunity to sort of make the league a zone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Who was yours? Mine's pity. Um, Ooh, Pity Martinez has been off to a flying start, and he's finally connecting with Joseph. So I think he's going to be uh, everything that people thought he could be last season. I think he is going to be pretty close to this season, um, which is really what Atlanta wanted all along and kind of how they structured the team. So 
Um, I, I think Joseph Martinez is, is going to be our golden boot boy, but I think pretty close behind in terms of the difference maker and the playmaker, not just for Atlanta, but in the East and perhaps in the league is going to be pity. Uh, do you want to go through your your uh, your quick questions here at the end? Yeah, I had a couple just sort of fun questions I wanted to throw in. Um, let's start with which teams do you think will be the most fun to watch? I had Dallas down for this. Dallas, all right, okay. I have Minnesota, fun, fast and LAFC is maybe less of a fun one, but I think Minnesota is <laughs> going to be fun. Just fast attacking, four four school lines. Score lines. What what team will you be secretly cheering for? <laughs> it's gonna be Cincinnati. It has to be. I just want them. To, I just want them to win something. I just want like just a game, <laughs> even two games in a row. Is that too much to ask for? I can't dislike this team. Um, I want them to. I ju- I love it when teams come in and they suck, and then everybody's like, "Oh, whatever. This team sucks." Cincinnati. I want Cincinnati to just come in and storm the place and, you know, like really dispatch with a bunch of opponents. I don't think it's going to happen, but admittedly, even last season when I was watching a game against FC Cincinnati, I was always like, come on, guys, just turn it around and get your goal. Um, you've uh, the, the next question you have on here, which team will be the heel? Well, I know that you're a fan of wrestling, so I felt like I needed to throw <laughs> a wrestling-esque question in here. Um, we, can't, we can't talk about Ibrahimovic FC anymore, but we can still hate on David Beckham. I think Inter-Miami, people already seem to hate for no real reason, so they're my heel. The, the true villain of yeah. the first four, uh, of the year probably, but also the first four uh, months for me is going to be New York city for the mm. same reasons that I have. I have them in first. They have long been, I think a heel and yeah. um, in, in a team to sort of mock, whether it's the, the Yankees connection, the Manchester city connection, some of the issues that they've had in the last year. Uh, and they're going to be good. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to suck. Yeah. 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 That's a good choice. The, the one, the one I'm like so saving grace question. <laughs> The one saving grace in the last couple seasons with New York City is that they always fuck up at the last possible moment. Yeah. But this is going to be the year that they, this is – I don't know that they'll win, but, like, this is the year that they're going to have their, like, 2004 Chelsea year or 2005 Chelsea year where it's like, God. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right there. Okay, this one – we we know some coaches are going to get fired. Heads will roll. It's MLS. Someone's going to get happened. What's that? It already happened. Well, yeah, that's true. We didn't even need to start the season. We already have a coach fired. So case in point, which coaches do you think will get fired this season? Um, Adrian Heath from Minnesota. Wow. Because I had them going badly. Um, Chris Armas yeah. uh, from New York. Yeah. Uh, I saw that was on your list too, and I think that it's gonna, the wheels are gonna fall off in, in at New York Red Bulls, and Matias Almeida. Mm. Unless there's some real, unless there's some real promise with the youth players, I I think that it's not gonna be a fun season over there. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good picks. I I have um, Armas maybe for me's if things don't go well, but I think maybe I'm just overthinking that one. 
Um, Oscar Pereja, um, just because he seems to get fired. <laughs> I think he's a good coach. Oh, no. I, think, I think he's a good coach, and I don't think he deserves to get fired. He just he just seems to get fired now. So oh no. Um, I I think there's that. Um, Gary Smith, who's the head coach for Nashville SC. I I feel like it's an expansion club. They've sort of got this, you know, mixed bag approach to to signings. I think he could be a um, candidate for a possible midseason firing as well and restart. What expansion team would fire their coach in year one? Lol, that always happens. Yeah. 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 I was just like, hell, they could be first. He still might get canned. Well... That, that I, I'm I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling excited for the new season. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. One of the nice things about so many clubs is you're just like, well, if one club fails, I mean, you just switch on the next game and you know, soccer all day, every day. And it feels fresh. I think that that's something that, that sticks out to me. Yeah, it does always um, throw a little bit of like a what is going to happen this season until uh, the. This, the first kick, where can we find you online? You can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at That's So MLS. And of course, you can find this podcast at That's So MLS.com on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called now, and wherever fine podcasts are procured. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Where can we find you? You can find me online at Team Bates on Twitter, www.team-bates.com. One thing that you can, um, just because we, it's not really a question that we can answer for you on the air. Um, but if you want to uh, tweet at me or at you, Nick, I can volu- I can maybe volunteer you for this. Sure. Uh, if you want help picking an MLS team. Yes. If you're please. like, I'm new to this or I'm old to this, but I'm tired of my club. Let us know. <laughs> we'll sort you out. Yeah, I would love to, I would love to, uh, to, to, to hear a little bit about what, just tell us what you like, um, either in in soccer or in other sports, and uh, and or preferences of favorite colors, yeah. and we'll try to get you sorted. Yeah, if you're a fan of white jerseys, uh, we have some options for you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! Well, okay. Until um, things kick off in a, a few short days, don't get sent off. <laughs>